Hear news as it happens over WOR 710 on your dial. Your station for news in New York. Coming up, Gene Shepard. commercial. I tell you, they've opened up a whole new area of commercial of uh, commercial uh, exploitation. Did you see the commercial on now? Where on the television? It's also in the magazines. It says, "I say, fui on the old traditions." Guten Tag, smiling employees of Lufthansa. You will continue to be efficient and meticulous and punctual in all those nice German things. You will stop being dull and cold and humorless and all those not nice German things. Be schmaltzy, not stuffy sign. The Red Baron. <laughs> so the Red Baron is now doing good possible. Opens up a whole new way. All right, here we go now. Oh, <laughs> 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 
think that... Uh, yes, indeed. You think the stones make groovy sounds. Hey, does anybody out there have the lyrics to Hindustan? No, I mean the, the, the real lyrics. If you, if, you, if you give me the lyrics to Hindustan, I'll really sing it tonight. Oh, Hindu, Hindustan. Well, now, wait a minute. You're talking to the original vagabond lover here, baby. You should. You don't talk like that to the silver mass tenor. Yeah, I think that opens up a whole new avenue for commercials, you know. With a red, red baron doing the Lufthansa commercials. Uh, give me a little echo chamber. Can't you see uh, this other airline coming out with it? See? Oh, so. Oh, sayonara. Japan Airlines now sends you wonderful service brought to you by same people who brought you. Toa, toa, toa. Excellent navigation. The same people who brought you Pearl Harbor now bring you wonderful Japan Airlines service. Signed. Admiral Hokayawa, Admiral Mugama, who is in charge of Task Force 22, who took the Palama. It's getting out of hand here. It's getting out of hand here. Oh, my. It's bad news. Bad news. I'll tell you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wonder how many people think the Red Baron is somebody who was invented by Snoopy. <laughs> I bet a lot of people. Man is doomed. Oh, oh, by the way, we'd like to give you a special report here from Radio Manila. Just come in. Would you please give me a special report here, George? Lady on Manila, special report coming, coming. Oh, not too much there, please. Echo chairman, not good for too much enunciation. Manila, National Bureau of Investigation and three other government agencies of Manila are trying to find out who is showing stag movies over Manila television channels. Radio control officers received several recent complaints that Bombas, the sex stag movies popular in Manila theaters at the night, are being televised after the local station sign off at midnight. Head of local control officer Leonardo Gasharia says, the first to complain with the stations, they paid fees for frequencies. Someone is using them illegally to show stag movies, also destroying image of stations. Making very, very good ratings, but not doing much for image. Thank you. Thought you ought to know that somebody's coming at you. Well, I'll tell you what it's like. I mean, you, you don't realize what that is. 
I mean, you know how the, the TV stations sign off, you know, after the God Squad takes over, you know, and, and uh, there's that brief moment when they show the uh, stained glass window, and they go, Rock of Ages, da-da-dee. And this uh, reverend comes on, they say, here's the reverend J.W. Gilhooly Clodhopper from the 4th, from the 4th International Holy War Church. And he comes on, he says, I say, I want to wish all of you to look deep down inside of yourself tonight and to make sure that you have not sinned in the 24 hours and uh, you have not missed the 29th rerun of I Love Lucy, which brings to you all the marvelous American virtues that you are lacking in your lives today. Well, you know, right after that, you know how when they, when they come on and they got the Star Spangled Banner then, you know? And out comes the Star Spangled Banner, the flag is waving, all those jet planes fly over, and those Marines march around, and all that stuff, you know, all that, uh, you know, peace-loving stuff. After that, immediately out comes this, this, this snow, you know, it comes like a... And you get this sick feeling. They've left you. You know that terrible feeling where the TV station goes, it goes, ba, 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 and then it hits at the end, ba, ba, there's a brief pause, and then it goes, clunk. Nothing but snow when you sit out there with the bereft feeling. Well, that doesn't happen these days in Manila. When they go off the air, on comes a very faint th signal of poor quality. And it's stag films. And they don't know who's doing it. They don't know who's doing it. And according to the report we have here, it says that the investigation indicates someone is misusing a legitimate closed-circuit operation or an amateur electronic buff is at work. <laughs> All right, would you please give me that? I'll try that again, George. We have just received the words to Hindustan and the original Greek. Here, let's go. <laughs> People are so serious out there, and here I am, frittering away your lives. Should I straighten up, Lee, or do you prefer this, George? <laughs> George is making no comment. <sighs> Got to straighten up here. Nothing like a good cold commercial in the face to straighten you up quick. Come on over, 
Well, go so close, wear a dive, buy some most Palisades and Newport Park sweets that they have after that. Yeah, that's a good commercial. Palisades Amusement Park is now open, friends. And this is the last year. So if you want to get over there and get homogenized on one of them rides, friend, you better get over there this year quick. Uh, forever hold your peace. You're going to be stuck with all them reruns of the Danny Thomas show. There ain't much else to do anymore. A lot of teeth. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Ed McMahon here. And uh, this is W.O.R., your friendly, reliable voice of true family concern in New York, which is a very sincere city. Unbelievable city to visit, friends. Yes, sir, you won't believe it. You spent two weeks here and you won't believe it. It's an unbelievable city to visit and you should live here once. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, George, get them while they're still squatting. If you're about to graduate from high school, it's now for three years in armor artillery, or infantry, and successfully complete a four-month training program here in the United States, you're off to Europe for a minimum 16 months tour of duty. And with 30 days paid vacation a year, you can imagine the opportunities you'll have to travel all over Western Europe. That's 800 Today's Army. Sometimes I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I dream that. Uh, Oh, come on over. We just got a call from somebody who says, and you had the nerve to put down hee-haw. <laughs> yes, I know you said it, dear. I mean, you don't want to have your own... Com you know, how's it going to sound like my own producer calls me up and says, you're doing a rotten show, huh? <laughs> Listen, that's the first time you ever heard the Japanese lyrics to Hindustan. We're getting we're getting deluge from all kinds of people all over uh, from as far away as Terrytown, New York, who would like to hear the Hindu stand done again in Japanese, and it's just because of my tremendous self control that we're not doing it again. You like that in there, Herb? He's making no comment. Because you got to understand, he really likes Julie Andrews. So what are you going to do? You know, he saw he saw Sound of Music thirty four times. He's got an eight track stereo. So you know what kind of problems he's got. I, you know, it's terrible when you see moss on a guy's bones. A lot of tea, 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 tea. <laughs> Oh, yeah. A lot of ta, 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 ta. Hey, will somebody write to Bob Williams at the New York Post? And please tell him that I did not at any point attempt to illustrate my memories, quote, in the steel mill. Would you please tell him that? My TV show was not designed to... Illustrate memories. Can you imagine such a missing of the point? Oh, well. A lot of teeth. <laughs> uh, Kambala. All right, all right. That's enough of that. I'll, I'll straighten out here. I'll straighten out here. And I'll uh, let you know how it's going. Hey, listen. Uh, uh, did any of you... Uh, I, uh, just a rhetorical question out there. Uh, I was over at the Overseas Press Club about an hour ago. You know, I go over there once in a while. Pay my dues. And, oh, yeah, a guy's got to pay his dues. Ain't no way to get through life without paying your dues, friends. No way. No way. A lot of guys think they can work it out. No way. You pay him in the end. Oh, yeah, you pay him in a lot of ways. Yes, sir. The first time I discovered you paid your dues, I'm squatting around a campfire. I'm at the age of 10, and uh, 
I'm in the Cub Scouts. You ever been in the Cub Scouts? Oh, that's a... We had a crack outfit. Close order drill, the whole bit, you know, PT and everything. And uh, I had this little green hat, you know, a little beanie they give the Cub Scouts. I'm squatting around out there, and I want to tell you, I stole a marshmallow. We're supposed to only have two marshmallows. And I stole one. I took three. They passed them around. They got campfire marshmallows, you know. I figured I could, uh, I figured I could get out the world, you know. That way a guy always figures, you know, your eyes are often awful big. You have big eyes, friends? <laughs> that can be your end. Got them big eyes. Big eyes and no talent will combine to make you nothing, friends. You gotta have big eyes and talent, and then you'll just barely squeak by. But if you just got nothing but big eyes, you're gonna get it. And I'm sitting around and I grabbed that extra marshmallow and I stuck it in the fire there at the end of the stick. You know, the inside of my mouth is still burnt from that. I'm still paying dues for that. You ever stuck a, you ever stick a quick marshmallow in your trap? A stolen marshmallow? Because they were coming around. You know, I had a full field inspection in the, in the Cub Scout there to make sure that we had all our tent pegs and all that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we did. We used to have a, you know, medical officer come out there at 3 o'clock in the morning. He'd blow the whistle and all the Cub Scouts had to fall out. Rain, coats, helmets, helmet liners. And uh, you got to watch this sort of stuff. You just got to watch that. What's he talking about? This silly fool. He doesn't talk sense. That's right, ma'am. Can you point me out a man who does? I'd like to know. I'd like to meet somebody who talks sense. First of all, I'd like to have you define to me what sense is. I guess sense is what you believe, huh? That's right. That's also what's relevant, what you believe. Right. Oh, uh, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm just thinking here. See, I'm debating here. Well, I ought to plunge right in and do it. You know, last week we had this big press show over here. And I just wanted to tell you, we had a press conference over there at the, the OPC, the Overseas Press Club, you know, for all the kids that write for college papers and all that. And I went over there tonight to have dinner. And uh, they were still flushing kids out of the lower floors there. There are some kids have been over there for three days. They can't get them out, you know, they're hiding under the sinks and stuff in the john and all that and they flush them out once in a while one kid was disguised as a spittoon had this brass hat on his head and guys were spitting in it all the time turns out he was a kid from bayside high school but uh what are you gonna do i mean you can't put a kid down because he's only two feet nine inches tall four feet wide and that's his thing had four legs well Is there any kid out there that was there at the press conference? We'd like to hear from you. Just give me a call. We'd like to give you a brief quiz on uh, some very important strategical and tactical maneuvers which we're about to carry off here. We're uh, working on a pincers movement, you know, with the Red Baron. And, uh, yeah, I guess a lot of people do feel that the Red Baron is some kind of a beagle. But, uh... <laughs> you know, it must be something... Uh, <laughs> as you see, the the Baron Manfred von Richthofen. What's that? I wonder if you know that. I'll bet a lot of you don't know the uh, Baron's middle name. In fact, I'll bet not many of you can tell me the name, the first name of the Red Baron. A lot of people can't even tell you his last name. It wasn't Baron, by the way, in case you're curious. And uh, he wasn't red. Yes, uh, hello. Uh, yes, hi, kid. Yeah, yeah, you okay tonight? 
How you feel? A little nervous? Yeah, I don't blame you, you know, after all, it's the beginning of the week, yeah. Everything under control? Oh, yeah, fine. Yeah. Been drinking lately? Oh, not much. No, you're calling it, huh? Yeah, listen, uh, I asked the question about the drug problem last year and this year. You had the question about a drug problem? Yeah, and I want to say you gave a great answer. Thank you. Uh, the kids at school enjoyed it. You know, writing up in the newspaper. Well, you know, that drug problem is something that, uh, I guess you got to live with it before you understand about it. As I said in the uh, meeting, uh, I have three friends, or did have three, th three, three friends, who are now dead of ODs. Yeah. And who all told me at the time, you know, drugs are no worse than a martini. And uh, it was goodbyesville for them. All three of them, by the way. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm glad you dug it. Right, thanks. Did you enjoy the uh, meeting last oh, yeah, week? Fantastic. You know? How'd you like the TV show? Oh, great, yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, the way you see the next week's show, that's something else again. Right, that's the one about Maine? Yeah, well, actually, it's the first show that really exploits stag films, you know, as an art form. Yeah. I think you'll like it. It's in color. Right. It's the orgy up in Lil's place. You'll dig it. Yeah. Watch the guy with the black socks and the mustache. He's terrific. Okay. Okay? Right. right thanks. Swings from the chandelier, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, what's the matter? Hello? Yeah, yeah, you okay? You calm tonight? You're finally getting over it. You're okay now. Your knee's okay now? After you got a terrible shot in the gut there once. I saw that. That little girl with the mustache got you there. I saw that. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy the, uh, the the press conference? Well, what was so wrong with last year? Too many kids last year. Oh, I see. You judge it by where you're sitting there. I see. But you enjoyed it. Yeah, everything. You got any of those cokes in the back there? Yeah, that's true. This year there were a lot of cokes. Well, that's what we wanted. We wanted to make sure there was plenty there. And uh, now I'm in the coke business. You like the TV show? Good. How'd you like the way I wore that hard hat? <laughs> you like the devil in the steel mill, huh? <laughs> well, okay. I hope you join next week's. Yeah, hang in, kid. That's all I got. No, no, that's enough. Oh, one more? One more. Hey, we're not taking show. Yeah. Hello, hi. Yeah. Last year you called me Bruder. Yeah, you are Bruner. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, right. I, gotta I can you tell you, I can tell by the yellow teeth. I gave you the Coke, remember, at the end? I do, yeah. Uh, if there's anything I hate, it's a Coke with a cigar butt in it, kid. <laughs> that was a pretty smart thing you did there. It's still stuck in my throat, you know. Yeah, that's right. Crying out loud. Did you enjoy it? It was great. Great. Did you tell your mother, you know, that everything's okay now? Yeah, I told her it was fine, even though you stepped on my head. <laughs> she was worried, huh? That's right. You enjoy the uh, the whole thing, then? Yeah, every year. All right. Be, uh, you know, think clean thoughts now. Okay. Keep your gut in, the kid. Thanks. All right, the stand-up okay. straight. Quit slumping. Kid slumps over. I hate kids that slump. Let up the... That's enough of that now. We have had 17 requests. Let's go, George. One, two. I try. Hot dog.
no, no. Leave him crying for more, George. And I can just hear him out there crying for more. It's just, uh, you know, it's getting out of hand. Hey, listen. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh, man, I'll tell you. There's, there's, uh, there's no better feeling than having summer coming around, you know? I mean, I'm serious. Oh, there's a couple of other better feelings. I mean, I, I, I could get the graphic here, but uh, <laughs> actually, you know, it feels real good. And, you know, some kid asked me the other day, why do I think of hot pants? Listen, any red-blooded, any red-blooded male has only one thing that he thinks about hot pants. Right, George? Yes, sir. I'm all for them. The hotter, the better. Yes, sir. I saw a chick walking down the street with her pants in flames today. Yeah, what's that? Well, what's the matter? We're getting a call here. It's coming in now. Wait a minute. You said that... What's his name? Spyro? What is that? Calling in? A girl calling in. Well, for heaven's sakes. Well, we'll have to try that one. I don't know. Is it on the... Yeah. Is this the one? Yeah. Hello. Hi, you're a girl. You're a girl. Oh, wait a minute. You didn't answer my question. I said you're... Oh, wait a minute. We got the wrong one. Yeah. Hello. Oh, I don't know what this is. I got some lady who wants to talk about an autobiography of Goethe. For crying out loud, there's always one out there. Oh, Hindu, Hindustan. I'll tell you this, though. Uh, uh, for all, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, you know, I'm sitting there in the in the bus today, and uh, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm just contemplating my navel, as you often do when you're in the bus. And I'm a bus cuckoo. I enjoy riding in the buses here in New York. Don't you at all? And uh, I'm sitting there in the bus, contemplating my navel. I, I love to read those card, you know, those car cards all up and down the bus there. And uh, I'm reading the car cards, and it's this big picture of this chick, you know, with a blonde hair. And this is only her hairdresser nose. And uh, judging by most of the hairdressers I've met in my time, I've met a few. I don't think he'd know. Do you agree, George? I doubt very much whether he'd know. I mean, we've had several visits. Remember Chucky used to show up on a show here? He didn't know much about that kind of stuff. And uh, so I'm walking down the street after I got off the bus there. And I saw I saw a sad scene. You know, everything is everything is getting out of hand there. I saw this little corgi. Is that, the, is that the kind of dog? Lee, you're my dog expert. Is there a dog called a corgi? Is it corgi or corgi? With a hard G or a soft G? Did she say there? I can't. Hard G, corgi. Well, it's a little tiny dog, see. What he looks is like one of these little Johnny Mops with feet. And, uh, you know, a little, little, little squirt. And uh, I'm walking along the street there. And up ahead of me is this, uh, this lady with this little corgi. And along comes this tall, skinny guy with the pink shirt, you know, with the fluffy ruffles all around it, you know, and he's got these gold shoes. And he just looks so elegant, see, and he's floating down the street. And he's got this gigantic Great Dane. And, you know, they're tremendous, Dane. It's the kind of great thing. You could throw a saddle on him, you know, and ride him from here to the West Coast and back. You know, a tremendous dog. In fact, this dog was walking along, and uh, you could feel the ground tremble under his feet when he'd walk. And at the same time, oh, I tell you, he stops by a, a, a fire plug, man. There's action. So uh, he's walking on big shoulders. And along comes this little corgi, see. And the corgi sees him. Talk about a mean little squirt. Oh, well, I'm sorry, hon. It's too late now. Oh, all right. Now, we have to give in here. Now, you're just killing the whole story. 
Uh, hello, are you a girl? Yes. Oh, yes, you certainly are. Hello there. Um, I'm Lorraine. I met you in the restaurant yeah. the other night. You're, you're Lorraine? And you met me? Wait a minute, Lorraine. Hold on. Wait a minute. This isn't the right Lorraine. Like, what are you getting me up to? I remember her. It was down at the Bluebird over that Route 22. Oh, hello. Yeah, I met you in the restaurant with two boys after the, after the overseas press club. Oh, well, you mean you came, you saw me down there in the, in the restaurant, the OPC, yeah? Yeah, and you made us that um, picture. Yeah, I remember you. You're Lorraine, yeah. Yeah, how are you? I sure remember you, yeah. I really had a great time. My, bra my brain has been clouded up since you came in there. I really had a great time. I loved it, and I can't wait till next year. Yeah? I wish I had another one again. Was there any talk around school about it? Well, I talked to some of my friends, and, they, and I met so many kids there. They really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I liked right. an Indian wrestling, especially down in the basement later. <laughs> you missed it. They had to call the cops, and then the whole business squirt water on them and everything. There's still kids wandering around there? Yeah, there's three of them. They just flushed them out. <laughs> one kid was disguised as a spittoon. You know, he's wearing his brass hat. Oh, uh, really <laughs> I really loved it. Okay, Lorraine. Talking to you. You were all right, baby. Thank you. Okay. So long. Bye. So long. <laughs> all right, now, let me go already. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's Monday, you know. You know how it is. No, it's, yeah, it is Monday, isn't it? Sure. By George, it is. But, uh, you know, I'm sitting there. I, I have to I have to finish this because, you know, it's spring. See, and everybody, it's springtime. But he, he feels bigger than he really is. Uh... You know, that's the trouble with spring, you know, that the, the sap flows. You've heard this old business, and you begin to feel 10 feet tall. You're walking down the street. I'm not kidding you. I saw a chick, though, today on 6th Avenue. She had these hot pants on. It was fantastic. They were really hot. They were they were in fire. They were, you know, flames. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how she worked that. She must have kerosene in them or something, some kind of uh, heaters in them or something. Anyway, there was a lot of smoke flying around. And uh, people were running around in and out of the chock full of nuts, and <laughs> it was fantastic. You know, she walked past the chock full on, you know, the chock down here on 6th Avenue, and all these guys were sitting there eating tuna sandwiches, you know, tuna salad sandwiches and brownies. And I'll tell you, suddenly there was unbelievable interest in tuna salad. Up, up to a certain point, tuna salad, you know, it'll turn you on. And uh, this chick goes by, and she's trailing smoke, and about, it was just, it's like watching, uh, you know, like watching a. a uh, like a forest fire, these guys fell, like nine guys fell instantly off of these stools, you know, like these little stools there. Got up, you know, and they're brushing the hot chocolate off them, and guys are saying, oh, I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> Well, we're living in exciting times, no question about it. But I, I must say this, though, for those of you who are, are not observant of our time, uh, especially the spring days are coming around, you see all kinds of things. The, the worm is turning everywhere you look, I'll tell you. The world is turning hip. Yeah, it's great. I'm all for it. Oh, no, I don't fight it. I'm, I'm for it, baby. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, as you know, um, I have a history. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm all for it. And I, and I saw a very interesting move today. I was walking along on the 5th, no, it was right there, 42nd Street near 5th, you know, by the, by, the, uh, by the library there. And there's always a lot of action there, about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. All the guys come. The chicks are walking around up there, you know. It's a pretty exciting place. And uh, it is. You gotta know how to look, though. And so, uh, I'm walking along. I cut. I cut across Fifth Avenue. See, and here's this lady walking along there, and she's got this corgi. He looks. Yeah, he really does. He looks like a little brown Johnny mop with feet. You know, he's waddling along there, and uh, he's taking about 500 steps to every step she takes. And you can, you know, little kind of dog walking along there, and uh, she's got a little silver chain on him. Well, along comes Mr. Chucky. Uh, you know, Mr. Chucky and his friend Dicky. 
and uh, they've uh, they've just been out spending a weekend out of Fire Island, getting their place ready, you know, for the big for the big uh, summer. And Mr. Chucky's got this Great Dane, fantastic Great Dane, big uh, sort of a chocolate chocolate olay colored Great Dane. And uh, he looks like the dog that was the stand-in for the Mastiff in the Hounds of the Baskerville. Tremendous monster. And he had a great big collar, you know, with big silver spikes on it and all that. And he's walking along. And it's little Corgi, see, sees him coming. Well, I want to tell you, I never saw anything like it. The Corgi goes, you know how Corgis will do? Well, the lady pays no attention to him. Apparently, he talks like this all the time, see? So she just walks along, and he goes, well, she went a little too close to this this big Great Dane. The Great Dane is walking along, and his big jowl is hanging down, and Mr. Chucky is looking very elegant with the silver chain, and he's got a velvet uh, a velvet handle on the silver chain. Oh, it's just something else again, you know, and he's walking along. And I can hear him saying to Chucky, well, of course, Fellini would do that sort of thing. And... Uh, and uh, his friend uh, Dickie says, well, I'll just tell you that Betty Davis thought it was marvelous. And, you know, it's a typical intellectual discussion. And with that, his great dean spots the corgi. Well, now, I hope you realize the corgi is roughly the size of a very small grapefruit. Uh, yes, a very small Texas grapefruit, which is a second-rate grapefruit. Well, the great dean, I happen to be walking right at him. His eyes popped out like two tromped-on grapes. He sees the corgi, and the corgi looks at him, and he backs down, and he goes, ow, 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 ow. With that, he flew, and he bit this great Dane on the lower part of his ankle, which is as high as the corgi could reach. You know, the corgi was standing up like, you know, right at the tip of his toes there, and he got him about three inches off the ground, which was a big jump for a corgi, see. The great Dane passed out. He flipped. And the Great Dane, I mean, I've never seen a dog's hair turn gray instantly from fear. The Great Dane went out of his bird, and with that, and he's scared to death, see, and the little dog is, <laughs> with that, Mr. Chucky turns to the lady and says, will you take that great flaming beast and get that great flaming beast away from my dog? And they went down the street. And this little corgi, you know, all the way down the street, he's going down, looking back over his shoulder. <laughs> and the great Dane with his tail between his legs, you know, he's stalking up big tears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, George. Hold on, hold on. It's pushing it a red baron there. So everywhere you look, things are happening. It's kind of good, you know, in a way. You awake in there, baby? Yeah, I thought so. I'd wake you up. Uh, Somehow I like the idea of stag films being shown on TV. You know, I want to tell you a little story about that, if you guys don't mind. Hey, you know, this uh, this comes through the United Press Wires if it's the first time. But uh, a long time ago when I was in college, and I was working at this radio station, and they had a TV outlet and all, you know, out in Cincinnati and struggling away there. And... Uh, I was, uh, you know, really involved in amateur radio and all that stuff, and uh, as I still am, sort of. And uh, this friend of mine was an engineer, but I mean a design engineer. He's a hip design engineer. He came out of Purdue, you know, and he could design all this stuff. And so he bought himself a whole raft of uh, of uh, this beautiful surplus equipment, 
the, you know, the army equipment all painted green and stuff like that. He bought about five tons of it for about $10 and all kinds of stuff. And so he stripped it down. All, all kinds of high-frequency stuff. And an amateur, by the way. I won't give you his call because of what he did. And uh, he's down in the basement, and uh, he's, he's designing very, very esoteric equipment for him. And he built the first, the first one I ever heard of, the first amateur television transmitter I've ever heard of. Now, a lot of you people know about hams. You, know, you, you keep thinking CB is amateur. It's nothing. CB is not amateur radio. Don't get that into your head. It is not. Amateur radio is something totally different. Now, amateur radio could be a lot of what you hear on the station here, but that's another kind of amateur radio. Right, George? So, uh, <laughs> nevertheless, that's ham radio. That's something else. But uh, amateur radio uh, its a very esoteric subject and FCC licenses and all that. So my friend goes down in his basement and he builds this, he builds this high-frequency amateur television transmitter. Now, uh, maybe you don't realize what kind of an achievement it is. It was a fantastic achievement. And it, naturally, because he was on, on uh, the ham bands at that time with this transmitter, there was no, no, no receiving equipment could get him. There were very, in fact, there were no other amateurs in that area that were broadcasting on television. I bet a lot of you don't know that some hams broadcast on TV. And they sit and talk to each other on TV. So, but this was before that time, and he was building this equipment, and he got it on the air. Now, I'm going to describe an experiment to you. He built a, 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 a transmitter that was a TV transmitter. Now, he built it from scratch. No, seriously, he built it from scratch. He, he, yes, you can do it. He did it. Not only did he do it, he also built the camera. He built everything from scratch. Well, he, he took a television set, uh, which he converted, uh, uh, converted the front end and converted a lot of things in it, so that at the other end of the basement... He could put his TV transmitter on the air, and he could pick it up at the other end. In other words, he's got his own little television transmitter. You got it? Okay, so there were three or four hams, including myself, who were around town, who were very interested in this. And we used to come down to his house and hang around and uh, watch him work on the equipment. We played around with it a little bit. But the thing is, two-way television is really something else. Now, uh, for those of you who've never tried it, two-way TV is 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 really a wild experience. Uh, two-way. Most people are used to one-way television, where they watch a person, and that's it. Well, if you can imagine two-way TV, he's watching you while you're watching him. You sit there and talk. So that's the the essence of uh, of two-way uh, amateur radio television. Well, there was nobody around there that had a uh, had a had a transmitter. So what Jack did. He he uh, he and a couple of other guys they got a they got about a half dozen old television sets, which they worked on, and converted to pick up his signal. He had a, he had a transmitting antenna up on the top of his house. Now remember, it's this amateur transmitting, amateur TV set, and he's not on the ordinary channels that you're having. In fact, he was broadcasting on 160 meters. If you're curious, so uh, with that. Uh, three or four guys around town put up good receiving antennas, and we, we began to see Jack's transmissions. And the way he would broadcast at night, he would go on from 10 until midnight, and he would broadcast a test signal. In addition to that, from time to time, he would broadcast a picture, like he would broadcast a, uh, a portrait, a photograph, see. And uh, what we would do uh, is run around and we'd take pictures of, of our TV 
uh, a screed, say. Okay, you got that story now? Now, you, you, you with it, Lee? I know there's a little confusion in there for a minute, but you're following this. Now, it got so that we could hardly see Jack. In fact, we never really could. It was, it was not very clear, but it was very discernible. As you could see what he was broadcasting. So then he did, began to broadcast live. He finished his camera, so he would sit in front of the camera and play his guitar. And we would watch Jack <laughs> play his guitar. <laughs> well, I'm telling you this. This is what he did, see? Well, one night, one night, I came home. Now, remember, he had a, a transmission radius of roughly, oh, not more than a mile and a half. We, if you got further than a mile and a half from his place, he was running very low power. You couldn't really pick it up. It just looked like a little noise. That's about it, see? So one night, I came home. And I turned on my receiver. I wanted to see how Jack was coming in tonight. And he broadcast every night uh, from, from 10 until midnight. He put this test signal on. Well, I came home. It was about quarter to 10. I turned on my, my receiver. See, I, I have my ham station going and everything. So I says, I think I'll monitor Jack. So I called up one of my buddies and says, hey, you going to tune in Jack tonight? He says, no. Nah. I said, I, you know, I got people over here. I can't mess around. He said, uh, why don't you monitor him tonight and give him a call and give him a report? See, we were keeping a series of reports. So I turned on this TV set, which we had converted. And there's nothing there except uh, on his channel, except a lot of noise at first. Saying, you know, the sound you get. Well, I see a couple of flashes, a couple of blips go across the screen. Obviously, he's firing something up over there. And then a channel, a, a, a carrier comes on. You know, that, you know, a carrier is when it's just white, uh, when there's no modulation on it. And on comes this white carrier. And I said, oh, Jack's really coming in tonight. See, so I adjusted the contrast, and I <laughs> tuned it up a little bit and sharpened it up. And then on came his test pattern, which was his ham call, which he had made on a card. He had it all lettered up, you know, with little crosses and stuff. So I'm tuning it up. And then the test pattern disappeared. I don't know exactly how to tell you this, but Jack, for a gag, put on a series of nine unbelievable pictures, which he had purchased in a special purchase from a short, thin man outside of Pompeii, Italy, one time when he was a GI there. The guy goes, oh, you dirty pictures? And so he bought the whole set of dirty pictures. So he put them on his television transmitter. And I'm sitting there, see, and, and oh, yeah, it was fantastic. It was just great. You know, it was coming out. He never had a clearer picture, see. <laughs> so with that, I rushed into the next room. I picked up the phone, and I called my buddy. I called him up right away, and I said, hey, Al. And Al's at the other thing. Yes, what do you want? I said, Al, for crying out, quick, turn on Jack's signal, see. He said, well, I got people over here. I said, turn it on. Go ahead. I just, don't, I just go ahead and turn it on. Well, okay, for crying out loud. So he turns on the tr on his his receiver. Al does see. Well, I want to tell you. About five minutes later, my phone rings, and I pick it up. Hello, this is Al. That's what's the matter, Al. He said, you know that I had Reverend Starglass over here, his wife and his three kids, and I turned on a transmitter. What the hell comes out? I said, what came out, Al? He said, well, I don't know what came out. I had it. He said, before I could get out of baseball, turn off the yellow and how he's calling the cops. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to tell you, there's a lot under the sun, friends, that you have not yet quite tasted. The heady wine of Omar, 
a jug of wine, a loaf of bread, and Channel 19. Oh, yes. Bring it up there, watch. How about a, how about a little, it's just a cross fade up there. There we go. Exciting. Wasn't that exciting? WOR New York. Next, Lester Smith in the news.